Welcome, anxious humans. I'm Stacey Sorgen, and this is the Anxious Entrepreneurs Podcast. If you are a warrior, an overthinker, someone who plans for every option and iteration of life, you are in the right place. In each episode, we'll explore what makes us unique, weird, and awesome, and how it might be exactly what helps us succeed as entrepreneurs. What if our so-called flaw is actually a tremendous gift and attribute? Let's dig deeper. It's nice to meet you. Hello, anxious entrepreneurs. This is Stacy Sorgen. I'm glad you're here today. I have a great person for you to meet. And this episode was so much fun because uh, Susan, who you'll meet, is a very good friend, such a spectacular person. And she's also my personal accountability coach. So Susan knows the ins and outs of my life. I know the ins and outs of hers, but it was great to dig a little deeper and learn more about her childhood and her her growing up. So Susan Palmer Wood is a practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming. She also specializes in hypnosis and mental emotional release. She's a certified holistic health coach who also has training in integrative medicine coaching. She's based in Seattle and also does coaching all over the world. She offers powerful breakthroughs for women who are are ready to stop feeling stuck or stifled. Maybe they're searching (laughs) and she helps them start living as their most curious, connected and conscious selves. I hope that you love this episode. I do want to give you a little bit of a heads up that we do have a little bit of conversation about emotional abuse and, and tough relationships and a little bit of information about eating disorders. So use your own best judgment about whether or not this will be a good episode for you to listen to, but gosh, does Susan have some really fantastic things to say. I hope that you enjoy. Let's dig in with Susan Palmer Wood. Oh my gosh, Susan, I am so excited that you're here today. I've been wanting to have you on the podcast for a long time. And you were one of the people that I had in mind when I started this podcast. I wanted to be able to talk to amazing people like you. So Susan Palmer Wood, I would love to welcome you to the Anxious Entrepreneurs Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited that you launched this podcast and Um, that I know it's been something that you've wanted to do for a long time. And then you just decided and you just did it. And it's so good. And I'm so um, humbled and grateful that you had me in mind that you wanted me to be honest with you. So I'm so excited, my friend, to just spend this time with you. I have a conversation. I'm so excited too. And you know, um, I um, in the intro, I let everyone know that you are my accountability partner. And I love that. We talk weekly, we get to connect, but it seems like when I have the opportunity to interview somebody and have a conversation with them on the podcast, I always learn new things. (laughs) So it's it's so fun to kind of dig in because honestly, the first question I'm going to ask you is a little bit about where you're from, who you are and what you do. And to tell you the truth, I don't know a lot of those background (laughs) answers, right? So I'm excited to dig in and to learn more about you, Susan. So could you tell us who you are, where you're from, what you do? You know, I just want to start and say, I don't know if anyone listening can um, relate to this or appreciate this. I'm actually excited that you don't know that much about my background because for a long time, it was my identity. 
that, hi, I'm Susan, and I was abused as a child. Hi, I'm Susan, and I was a single mom. Hi, I'm Susan, and blah, 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 whatever this identity was. And I would leave with that, and it was spotlighting. And I that was a learned behavior from people that I was around. So I'm so grateful that <laughs> I'm taking that as positive feedback, actually. Um, so thank you for that. But I, um, yeah, let me see. Um a little bit about my background that's kind of led me to where I am today. I was born in the Bay Area in California, and uh, my parents were pretty young. My mom was 19. My dad was 21, I think. And my mom had always wanted a baby, even though she was really young. And my dad was a workaholic. He worked six to seven days a week. And so that I learned to be a workaholic since the day I was born, just he was gone all the time. And that's just what he did was worked and then watch sports. And um, so of course, I learned to love sports on Sunday. And, you know, they, um, they divorced when I was about eight or nine. And I have a, a younger brother. So it was the two of us and we fought um, later on in life. But my mom um, divorced and was looking for something much different, a much uh, different energy. And she married the gunny sergeant and the Marines and a deputy sheriff of San Francisco and um, a devout Catholic. And my life got completely turned upside down um, when they moved in together. And um, he was very dominant, um, fear-inducing, abusive man. And I was so shocked because here I was, I was um, always the smart one and I was the center. I was the first grandchild. I was the first niece. I was the first child. I was used to getting all of this great attention and then to feel so unsafe, unseen, unvalued, unloved, you know, all of a sudden was shocking to me. And um, my entire personality shifted over the years and I had a lot of mental health issues and um, I, um, it's really strange for me to be talking about this. I haven't talked about it in a while. Um, and I think why it's important though is as I'm looking at teens and kids in middle school that have been spending more time in home with parents who have their own unresolved stuff that they are putting on their kids, like I want to help them all. I just want to reach yeah. out and hold space and listen. Um, I remember I had to go to Catholic school um, and I told the, the the principal, the head nun, what was going on at home. And what she did was she brought my parents in and told them, well, that didn't go over very well. And so I Ooh, literally, <laughs> there were some big consequences <laughs> for that one. And so there, mm -hmm. there was literally no one to talk to. So I went really deep inside and I made up and I had all of this anxiety and suicidal thoughts and attempts and ideation, um, bulimia. And um, I was the mod. So I loved the punk rock scene and the skateboard scene. And I was looking for love in all the wrong places. Um, I repeated the behavior, moved out early. Um, and I had an abusive um, relationship that actually, um, I knew it, it was really strange. I'm so grateful for those first eight years, because even though I was doing these things, I knew inside it wasn't congruent with who I was. So I was almost even you know, in my teens and, and, and early twenties, I was like, this, this isn't me, but I'm sabotaging myself. I'm hurting myself. And so there, there was 
some kind of disconnect, but I kept doing it, right? I had these learned limiting beliefs and um, learned behaviors that I see so many of my clients doing too. And it becomes their identity, even though it's not who they really are. Um, so I moved, I ended up moving up to Seattle and, um, and I was mentored by uh, a manager. I worked in retail for a while and he spoke so much faith into me that I hadn't had since I was a really little girl. And he was one of the toughest district managers, um, but he just kept breathing all of the, your, all of this. You've got these strengths, you've got these talents, you're, you know, beautiful, you're, um, and we were, we became really good friends. So that was totally appropriate, <laughs> but, um, you know, and, and I was like, what? And I had a really hard time receiving it. Um, but he also turned me on to really great books. And expanded. I learned um, about Louise Hay and Carolyn Miss, and um, I'm, I'm trying to think of uh, management, but personal development, John Maxwell, all of these things. And it really expanded my idea for what was possible beyond the the, the limitations of what I had growing up. And and um, I broke up that toxic um, abusive relationship. And I, and it was in a moment of decision and, and I've had a few of these. I just had one a month ago too, or just a moment of decision. Have you ever had that? We are like, that's it. No more change now. 100%. Yeah. Yes. Because we can try and use willpower, but until we're ready and make a decision, nothing happens, mm-hmm. right? It's, we're on the struggle bus. And so I made a decision. Oh, that's it. I'm done. And I remember going home and telling him, I'm done. That this is this is no more. Um, I want something different. This is a, a pattern that keeps repeating, and and that's it. And I remember it was like I was had an out of body experience where he was a Tasmanian devil all around me and yelling at me and threatening me, and I was unfazed. I'm like, oh my god, this is it. So anyway, when I broke that up and and um, not to tell my whole entire life story, when I had my first daughter, I got married to a really nice person. And, um, and I got pregnant before I got married to my daughter and it was in having a child that I felt this tremendous, overwhelming responsibility, um, that I, I, I have been, I was bulimic from about 10 to in my thirties, um, that I had stopped that for a period of time. I stopped drinking. I stopped doing drugs. I stopped smoking, um, and I stopped a lot of the self-abuse that I was doing. And I treated my body like a temple um, while I was raising this baby and um, or in my belly. You can't see my hands, but in my belly. And she, that was such a catalyst for me um, and something beyond love, beyond what I had ever experienced. Um, and I think that's one of the most pivotal points in my life was not focusing on me because I was depressed and I had all these, you know, issues and self-doubts that when I could turn that love to this child, it was everything. And I got out of myself and I became so much happier. Um, and so powerful. It, it really, powerful. I tell, you know, it was really hard. I was 23. It was really hard to be pregnant and not married. Wow. And, and I had only been with them a few months. <laughs> so, you know, that was really scary, but I knew it was something that I needed to do. Um, just fast tracking. Um, 
you know, wherever you go, there you are. And when you don't have, when you don't resolve these old wounds, they tend to repeat. And so I dove headfirst into working. My then husband was a stay-at-home dad and I got my validation. I got my significance and I was really good at working. I taught myself how to use the computer. I got hired on at Microsoft and I just kept moving up um, in the company. And um, it I eventually, I, I worked 80 to 100 hours a week. And I couldn't say no. And I got to a point where I had, you know, was working with 75 different country managers. So I was working in all time zones and I was loving what I do. Um, I ended up getting divorced and was a single mom for quite a while. And then met my now husband, who's just the, the greatest guy. Um, but my one thing that stayed with me was my love of personal growth and development and learning and learning and learning. And I had gone to, five different Tony Robbins um, events and workshops and seminars and books. And what was really interesting though, is I, I was re- realizing that I was taking all the information and it was staying in my head and I wasn't actually embodying it. Mm-hmm. You're nodding. Have you, do you know what I mean? Totally. I think there's so many times that I have digested let's say information and then not really um implemented it or took the time to see how it applied to my life like well that's interesting (laughs) or let's file that away away for another time that's it let's file it away oh good information and i'm i would just soak up all of the information i'm a voracious reader i am insatiably curious and and i just loved learning and i and I thought I was doing well. People would tell me, you know, like my smile lights up the room and I'm the most positive, optimistic person. And I spent, you know, seven years in engineering and I was this bright light in engineering, I was told. And, but as I got older, um, I, I could only um, run away into work for so long and my body started breaking down. And even though I knew all of this stuff, um, I laughed when, when, you know, people would say, put on your own oxygen mask first. I would laugh because I had, I, my kids were everything to me. My son is still my baby. He just turned 23 and I still see him as my baby. It's something I need to work on. But anyway, um, and I was just, I, I learned people pleasing Mm -hmm. very early, um, you know, from my caregivers and, um, and giving away my power and taking care of everybody else. So when I'm working, you know, 80 hours a week and trying to be a, um, a super mom and, you know, trying to, trying to learn and grow, my body started deteriorating and I was more and more miserable. I would have more and more migraines. Um, I was drinking every single day, um, to try, you know, get some sleep. I, w- I wasn't sleeping, um, I had chronic fatigue and my adrenals were burning out and I had SIBO and I had all of these gut issues um, because I wasn't dealing with what was going on in my head, all the self-doubts, all the imposter syndrome. I was doing really well at Microsoft, but I'm like, oh, they're going to find out. I don't know what the heck I'm doing, right? (laughs) Like someone's going to figure it out. Like, oh my God, I don't. And, um, And that really added up. So one day I just completely collapsed with adrenal burnout and fatigue. Yeah. So um, anyway, I was housebound for about three months 
And um, in that time, I had suicidal ideation and I would just take three baths a day and I would take a nap when I get to the top of my stairs and I was just completely exhausted. Um, once I was able to, I lost a lot of my cognitive functioning. And once I was able to start reading again, I learned everything that I could about burnout and about how when you are living, for some people, for me, when you're living a life that is not congruent with who you are, you can only do that for so long. And so I could tell that I was living what everyone else said, here's the path to success. Well, I didn't go to college. I, you know, I, I was supporting myself. I was working really hard and, and then I had babies, um, but I did the corporate thing. And I got the house and I got married and I had the babies and why wasn't I happy? And I was beating myself up and I was searching for meaning and who I was. Um, but I was putting on this facade that everything is great and I'm working out and I'm dieting and, you know, um, volunteering and doing all the things. But inside, I'm completely hating myself and completely dying. And um, so that that came, you know, so with burnout, I, I learned that, you know, when it's this lack of boundaries, it's this lack of being authentically who you are, and, and trusting yourself. Um, and that that was another really pivotal moment to really learn about what was I running from? And, you know, what was I searching for? Because I never stopped my personal growth and development. And yet here I was, um, my doctor kept trying to you know, warn me that my health was deteriorating. I needed to back up. And I'm like, I, I can't, too many people are counting on me. And right. it took the house falling down, right? Today's small business shout out is one that everyone that's out of state can enjoy too. You can check them out at getyourhotcakes.com. This is a local business called Hotcakes that started back in 2008 at the Seattle Farmer's Market with their namesake product, Molten Chocolate Cake. Deeply chocolatey, warm, gooey in the middle and cakey on the outside. It's chocolate cake living its best life. In 2012, they opened their first dessert restaurant on Ballard Avenue. Avenue, just up the street from the farmer's market where it all began. And in 2015, they opened their second location on Capitol Hill. The original menu item, their dark decadence cake, is still their number one seller. They also make a line of dessert sauces and jars of smoked chocolate chips that they sell nationally in specialty and grocery stores. And they ship all their products across the country via their website. Check them out at getyourhotcakes.com. I mean, I've been at that point myself mm -hmm. and it's, it's like someone telling you that you need to stop juggling, but you have so much in the air mm -hmm. that you know, what's going to happen if you let it all go, or you think, you know, what's going to happen if you let it all go. We can only outrun these things for so long before yeah. they start to catch up to us. It's so powerful what you shared. Yeah. And how this has come to influence now the work that you do, having been through this process of burnout, having been through this process of your, your body and your mind paying the price for what you learned as a little girl, this yep. being a workaholic, yeah. being a workaholic in 80 to 100 hours a week. And I am curious 
you know, if, if part of that, you said you were like trying to prove yourself, were you yeah. trying to make up for not having gone to college or for not, yes. you know? Oh, yes. That's a great, you know, in looking back, I learned, so I'm learning, you know, all the time I'm learning more and more about my, my past and why I did what I did. And I don't dwell there, but I'm just curious. I call like, oh, my poor my poor little Susan, you know, but absolutely. I felt very insecure about never going to college and about teaching myself Excel and, um, you know, absolutely. So I, I doubled down and, and put in the work. So I'm a quick learner. I'm a really hard worker and I, I, you know, worked all the time and in the, um, Microsoft culture, um, and it's changing now. And I don't blame Microsoft at all for this. Microsoft was perfect for me at that time, not only because it allowed me to provide for my kids, but it also provided, which was huge, that I could provide for my kids, right? Um, at least monetarily, I wasn't there, but I did the best that I could. Um, but it also fed into that need to feel significant and validated that I was good for something and that I fit into something and that I was needed because in this culture, it's it's literally 24-7 where the expectation to return emails is like 30 seconds. And, um, and I didn't even realize how intense it was at that time until I went to a, a different job and, and I was um, a re- regional sales manager and I would send an email and people wouldn't get back to me for like a day or two. I'm like, no, this is not acceptable. Like, what is wrong? You need to res- you need to respond. And just how intense that culture was. But it's where I lost myself, and it's where I knew the rules. I knew how to play. I knew what was expected of me. I knew how to succeed. And home and and where I was always busy. That's another clue that there's some unresolved stuff. I didn't sit still when I was at home. I was constantly, there was always things to do. And and again, it was running. It was running, running, running. And by the way, um, I had a um I had gone to decades of therapy through this as well. And um so you know your question about <laughs> college for sure. I had so much imposter syndrome and so much what's wrong with me. There was really like how could no one have helped me as a little girl? How could, you know, how could I have acted that way as a teenager? How could I have done these things to myself? How could I have in my 20s done this? How in my 30s, you know, and and just so much beating myself up and guilt and regret. And so um, what I didn't quit when I was having these migraines and not sleeping. And even though I wasn't eating, I had gained all this weight from all the cortisol, right? And the not sleeping, my body was definitely, um, uh, what is it called? Fight in fight, flight or freeze, all of it. Um, and so I was gaining this weight and I, I told you I was bulimic and, and I had, you know, orthorexia and I had gone to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition because I was so fascinated because I had been body shamed for, I was known as the chubby friend and, you know, and, and, um, and so shamed. So I had all of this stuff going on and I'd given my power away trying to make everyone else happy. And so, um, the advice I would get was, well, I hear you're tired at work. Can't you just say no? Can't you just not do the meetings? Can't you just leave at five? Well, in that culture and 
in my state of mind and the meaning that I gave it? The answer was no. There was no way I could not see how to do that and things not fall apart because I was doing the work of, you know, five different people. And, and I took that on, I'm sure it fed into my significance. And so I was saying, you know, I'd like to quit. And, you know, my husband at the time was like, God, you have it so good. You make so much money. You didn't even go to college. It's so good. And look at all your stocks and look at the benefits. And can't you just do that? Can't you just do it better? Can't you just, you know, not fed into that? What's wrong with me? And it was devastating. Oh gosh, that's so hard. And I, I think that a lot of people and, and I was one of them. And sometimes I still fall into the trap where I think the busier I am equates to the more successful I am, the more people that need me or the more people that I drop boundaries with yeah. the more people who are vying for time or attention or um, the, the more needed I am. And I fell into that for a long time, you know, trying to fill every spare second with something, volunteer work like you, working like you. So I think this is so relatable. And if there's anyone listening, <laughs> both Susan and I have somehow worked our way out of this cycle. Yeah, <laughs> We have worked our way out of this cycle with so much love and support for one another. I think we've both helped each other, especially during this time during the pandemic to recognize what was healthy about what we were doing before and what was not so healthy about what we were doing before. Um, um, For us as individuals, what was healthy. And I I don't know a single person that I've met in business who does not suffer from imposter syndrome. You are hands down one of the most brilliant people I have ever met in my life. And I think that it's your... The fact that you're such like a a reader and like a seeker of knowledge and truth and always doing additional education. I think one of the things, one of the reasons why we first connected was I heard that you you went to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and I was like, so did I, we have something to talk about. We have like a shared experience, you know, Mm -hmm. I graduated in 2012. When was your graduation? 2011. Oh, so you were like right before me. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. So these these programs and, and participating in mm-hmm. all of this and like, so tell us about where you are now and kind yeah. of how that came to be. Yeah, how that I'm 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 so full of gratitude and I've been really tapped into gratitude um in particular the last couple of days. Not always the case. I need to be reminded. Um but where what happened was um, when I collapsed with adrenal fatigue, um, I told my husband, I can't do this anymore. And he said, well, fine, then quit. And I dropped to my knees and I cried and I said, thank you. And, and um, because I had kept asking for permission, right? So anyway, um, yeah, lots of therapy and recovery and, and things later, um, I... I went to another job, burned out there, and then went to Bali and did some um, some healing by myself. And then I found myself um, at an NLP workshop. And the, this is funny. I, I listened to your last podcast where um, you guys were talking about intuition. I was I I didn't have anything lined up when I left. I went out on medical leave at Microsoft. Thank God, so I didn't have to give two weeks. 
Um, but anyway, um, I didn't have anything to do. So I was cleaning out my bookshop and getting rid of the books that didn't spark joy in me. And this workbook fell out of the um, bookshelf, you know, as they do. And so I, I opened it up and it said, it was a Huna Energy um, workbook. I had taken Huna Energy years before. In fact, I think this was 2015. Um, and it said sign or 16. And sign, it said sign up for NLP practitioner training January 2009. And I had forgotten. Like I had gone to these Tony Robbins and I love NLP, neuro linguistic programming. And so um, I'm like, why not? heck yeah, let's do it. And so like three weeks later, I flew down to San Jose and I took a practitioner course and I had more energy. This is during my, you know, recovery. And I had so much energy. I was on the edge of my seat um, during these 12 hour trainings that I fell in love. It was like that um, reminding myself of what's possible and, and who I really am. And NLP is all based on strategies of successful people. It's like a guidebook for the brain. So, and just explains that how much you at cause in your life and taking responsibility for everything in your life, for all of your decisions, for the meaning that you're giving things, understanding how we distort, delete, and generalize all the information to fit into our belief system. So if we want the things to change, then we need to change our mind. And it was just this beautiful homecoming. So then I, I went to master practitioner training where I experienced this powerful technique that leads me to kind of where I am today called mental emotional release therapy. And it's um, this breakthrough session where we get down to the core wound, the deepest belief where all of the other limiting beliefs are on top of it. And when you pull that out, the unresolved emotions in your body and beliefs um, fall out. They are just released when you get the learning from these mm. things. And when, when I was able to release these limiting beliefs and these trapped emotions, because when... You know, when I was younger and when I was living in home, I couldn't speak up for myself. I couldn't um, be sad sometimes. Sometimes I couldn't be happy. Sometimes I couldn't be grateful or I'd get hit. Sometimes it was very unpredictable. And so I just shrunk and just put up this big wall. And then my entire life, I had this wall around my heart and I didn't trust people and I didn't think I was worthy of love or receiving love. So I had all of these unresolved emotions and limiting beliefs in me. And during this mental emotional release breakthrough process, um, I was able to release it quickly and easily in this eight hour session. And it was like wiping a window, like, you know, in, have you ever been in your car and the windshield is dirty? So then you turn on the cleaner and the windshield wipers and it clears it and then you can see. Mm -hmm. uh, of course. Yeah. yeah that's exactly it. That's what it felt like. It felt like, I could smile again, like how I used to be known for my smile. And then I remember like, gosh, no one's really commented on my smile a long time. That's really interesting, you know, yeah. just as an observation. And so anyway, so I just felt so free. I felt because with these trapped emotions, they are tied to learning. So when you really, when you get the learning from these events, then all this potential is released. And so it was like, 
I had all of, I was, I just said, I can't not do this for people. And as soon as I got home, I started my business and I started doing these for people who had unresolved um, traumas or they were stuck and couldn't launch a business or um, they didn't, they, I, I did like 20 in a row. And these are eight hour sessions where I would hold space for people. The The release itself is only like an hour, but there's the, the pre-framing and the teaching and the getting people ready to let it go and then the release the release is actually pretty easy um and then it's getting aligned with your values and your vision and things like that and I loved it so I've been doing um so that's how I launched my business and it and it was busy right away so I would love to say that just that one session um made all the difference and now I'm the successful um entrepreneur but the truth is um that that we're like, we're like onions, right? You peel layers. Yeah. I was able to release the identity and all of this pain and all of this awful um, self criticism and, Mm -hmm. and just, and released it out of my body so that I could actually be in my body because I had separated. It wasn't safe to be in my body. And so it was like coming home and, um, but then as I, so I've had about six or seven of these. Now I do them on myself um, along with uh, many other modalities that I've learned, but um, I had to deal with, um, oh my gosh, I don't want to, I don't want this full schedule of clients because I don't want to burn out again and I freedom Mm -hmm. and I want to own my schedule. And so I had to go through a lot of, a lot of um, next layer stuff um, as I owned my own business, right? That does it. When you become an entrepreneur, woo, it's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like parenting. Oh, now all these fears come up. An entrepreneur, now all these things come up. And Oh know. my gosh. Hence the name of this yeah. podcast oh, you're listening girl. to. <laughs> mm. I was talking yeah. to a friend before I launched this and he said, if you did not have anxiety before you became an entrepreneur, yeah. you're probably experience some of it after you do and I there there are so many different levels and so many different layers and um you know it's it's interesting I've had one of those experiences I not specifically mental emotional release therapy but I've been you know in therapy and I've and I've been you know working with with various people and there's some of those days where you just like walk out of the office and you're like are the birds ch- chirping louder? Is the sun a little brighter? Is it, and it's and it's kind of like what you're talking about, yeah. like the windshield got wiped mm-hmm. and you can just see things a little mm-hmm. bit. And I think one of the things that um, that I struggle with and that I hear other people struggle with is making it stick, right? Like not yeah. letting it get clouded again with all the other stuff because you are changed. But when you try to go back into your life and the framework that yeah. you have designed around you and the expectation that other people have of you that you taught them, it's a tough place to be. Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. I am so glad you brought that up. And one of, you know, I had... Oh my gosh, I think I've had seven coaches since then because a, a thing that I love to say is the jelly can't see the label from inside the jar, right? Like we can't see ourselves. <laughs> we I've never heard that. that. Oh yeah, I love to say that. The jelly can't see the label when it's inside the jar. Um, 
So we need someone to reflect back to us, right? And call us out on our stuff or cheer us on or validate or whatever that is. And um, I think this is why it's so important to have, to have a coach or to have someone like, I love having you as my accountability partner because I get to, I get to check things out. Like, is this a stupid idea? Tell me if this is a stupid idea. Is this a dumb name? Like, what do you think of this? Or, Hey, Susan, I'm really excited about this. You know, um, having that force or that, that person or that mentor or a coach or someone outside of you to help bounce ideas off of, or to help mirror back to you what they're seeing Mm -hmm. there. It is so invaluable. It is just so invaluable. And so that I know that I know a lot of people who have worked with you who have said such spectacular things about their time working with you and the things that they've been able to accomplish in their life, because it's like being able to see what you're doing in a mirror, Mm -hmm. having it reflected back to you and that positive affirmation, which is huge. And it sounds like it was a big thing in your life too, with the first um, boss that gave you all that yeah. positive feedback yeah. and helped you yeah. to believe in yourself. Yeah. And so how, how have you taken all of the things that you've learned? Mm-hmm. How do you apply that to the, the clients who see you now? Yeah. Um, so, you know, part of the, the evolution uh, and what I'd also like to share with entrepreneurs and what I'd kind of tell my younger self is, is follow your passion and what you love doing and what lights you up today. And it doesn't mean it's going to be that way forever. Right. So I love NLP. It's so many powerful tools to help people, you know, break through um, so many, you know, allergies and phobias and beliefs and, and all of these things. And it's really powerful. Um, but I also became a Reiki master and I also did Huna energy, which is, you know, Hawaiian shamanic um, work. And I um, did Theta and now I, and I also include Byron Katie now, and now I'm taking um, energy coaching course from the Robbins Madonna's um, people. And, and it's what I love about this and how I'm applying it differently to support people now, in addition to all of these other tools. So I'm very intuitive and I'm very in the moment, whatever, tool needs to be used Um, but I am um, which takes a lot of stress and anxiety off of me because I know I don't I don't have to plan for the session I don't know talk about faith I don't know what's going to happen in a session I don't require people to tell me in advance what they want so that we're in the moment and I just put my faith in the the that the person that I'm with has the answers inside of them. And so with this energy um, coaching, it's also called um, strategic interventions. It's I'm taking people on these amazing journeys where um, they actually find their own inner resources. So quick examples. Yesterday, I did it twice and then with someone the day before with my um, 14 year old niece she was really struggling with the overwhelm of the online school and the parents expectations and and all of the, like so much anxiety and depression and just you know really hurting 
and just took her on uh, a process to, to where she really felt that anxiety in her body and personified it and then changed it. And then she tra- changed it into something that really supported her. And it was something I could have never come up with. It was amazing what she did with this. I just guided her through it. And now she has her own inner resource. Um, a woman that I helped last night was traumatized. Um, she was emotionally attacked and almost physically attacked. And she was really shaken and was out of her body and couldn't get settled and centered. And I took her through an energy center process um, of of wisdom and healing. And I just let her have her experience. And I just asked questions. And she felt so grounded and centered and, and wise and came up with her own answers that I could have never, I mean, I could give advice, but that's from my experiences, you know, and yeah. sure, I've got a lot of experiences that I can offer as a suggestion. But what I have found is when I turn it over to the people that I'm working with, incredibly more resourceful and supportive. Um, I just hold a really safe space for people to explore their own inner resources because I don't know if you found this, but for me, I have always looked outside of myself for answers. I mean, I do human design, Enneagram, um, you know, all of these um, other things where I look outside, like, tell me who I am, Myers-Briggs, tell me who I am, who am I, tell me who I am, let me, you're my guru, tell me what to do, you're my coach, tell me what to do, and and the truth is, that's really great information to be like, huh, what can I learn from the, oh, wow, I do have this tendency, right, because I'm the jelly in the jar, I can't always see it, like, oh my gosh, how do I mm. heal this, like, maybe I need to heal this, if, it, if it's stopping me, or if I'm not happy, um, but when you actually pull the resources from your own inner wisdom, it's, um, that's how you take it into the world. Because when you change the things and the people around you change, yeah, it's inevitable, right? I, yeah. And I think I can relate to that, you know, in the work that I've done as a personal trainer, integrative wellness coach, now a business coach, um, I don't have the answer. Right. I, I don't have the specific answer for you, mm-hmm. but I can use any number of tools from my tool belt to help you find the right answer for you, mm-hmm. which is different. Like I, I can say that I don't, I will not trust anybody that tells me that they have all the answers, yep. that they are done learning, that they are no longer seeking. I am constantly, as you are, seeking to mm-hmm. expand my knowledge. Mm-hmm improve my skills, learn something that was completely out of my purview before and and keep my mind open. Mm -hmm. And I love listening to you, Susan, from skater girl to Microsoft exec (laughs) to uh, everything everything that (laughs) you're doing now. Like I'm I'm curious if you could go back to like 10 year old or eight year old you getting like reprimanded by the nuns to see yeah. yourself now, what do you think she would think? Oh my gosh. Um, I think that, yeah, it would be hard to believe. And like, it's so hard. How, how can I get, it's kind of like when you're, ang- you know, when you're anxious or when you're depressed and then it's like, get happy, get be high vibe, high vibes only. That's a pretty freaking big jump, right? Like you need to like vibe up. Like for me, 
anyway, and that's a different story about how I totally know I'm here with you. I'm here with you. That's so toxic, right? Like yeah. just think happy thoughts. Yeah. It'll be fine. Just, yeah. or you're having a panic attack. Just breathe, just yeah. breathe. It'll help. Yeah. 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 So I, I think what I would do really is just remind myself how precious I am mm. and just how loved I am and how I'm going to be helping so many people learn to love and trust themselves and to free themselves from the things that that the best well-meaning parents did, right? Because as parent, I mean, I'm one of those parents, I'm like, shit, I'll pay for therapy kids. You know, I'll pay for a coach for you guys because I was doing my best and I know I wasn't there and I know I had constant anxiety and stress and I went through all of this and I'm so sorry. I promise I was doing my best and I loved you so much. But as parents, we parent the way we were parented or the way completely opposite that we were parented um, or the, the way that we think we should parent. But notice in None of these statements did I say we parent according to what our children need. That's the missing component. We forget that our children are unique beings that need something different and unique. And But parents, we're doing our best. And so I love working with parents because when they start loving themselves and are compassionate with themselves, that's when they can have compassion and space and love, you know, to, yeah. to allow their kids to be who they are, whatever that is. And so many parents find their kids an extension of themselves. And so it's like, you have to be perfect. You have to be this way. What will other people think? And it's all bullshit. And so I love, I just, when you, this is when I went to um, IIN is where I first found my why. And it's when, when you feel good on the inside, which means when you feel good about yourself and you've got the tools to come back to center and have compassion for yourself, you have compassion and you're, you treat others good too, right? You know, oh, absolutely. So, so that's, you know, so when I go back to my younger child is just to say, it's, it's tough, but just know you're going to come out and you're going to use all of this to help other people. And if you don't go through, like, this is going to help you like not judge other people and hold space for people. And, it's, and it can be really hard, but just feel in your heart and come back to yourself and just, I'm, I'm, you're going to be great. You're going to be fine. And, you know, because I, I don't, I'm so like everything Everything that I've done has led me to here, and this is how I can just be present and not be triggered by people's stuff and not give advice and not feel sad, but just to to hold space and know, I know, Stacey, I know you've got everything you need inside of you, and and I know it's shitty, and, and when you're hurt, like, oh, man, that must have hurt, like, let's be in that hurt, let's, I validate people's experiences instead of like, okay, let me break, let's just break through that, want to get through that, want to let it go, but first, <laughs> let's validate it, let's validate it, it's real, you know, with the yeah. woman that had this experience last night, I'm like, oh my god, that sounds really scary, and like cry, I'm holding the space, it's okay, like, let's get it, let's be there, let's let it out, now, would you like yeah. to, what, how would you like to feel now, what would you like to experience, okay, cool, and then this process came to mind, would you be open to doing this, you know, and and so I think people right now just need 
it's hard. It's a hard time right now. And I think more than ever, we need to feel seen. We need to feel heard. We need to be, you know, people need to feel validated. And that is my most favorite thing in the entire world. I'm so grateful to do this work is just hold space for people to just shed to, to, and just to find out who they are so that they can feel good because the ripple Ooh, yeah. is what we need in this world on so many levels. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and just like you said earlier that you stayed busy every freaking second, taking mm-hmm. care of your kids, working 80 mm-hmm. to, you know, a hundred hours a week, um, filling all of your time, numbing yeah. out during yeah. every moment that you had free. Yeah. I think that this is part of why coaches and mentors and programs are so important because they give us a defined period of space to just, to just be, to just be. And I know that that is such a privilege to have the opportunity to be in therapy or to work with a coach or, Mm -hmm. or to just have spare time to just be, um, it's such yeah. a, a thing that is a blessing and I'm grateful for it. And it's definitely a privilege to be able to, to have or to do. So that's why I love like having, having someone as a peer that mm-hmm. I can reach out to. And it's been invaluable to me being able to do that with yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I cherish you. I agree. That's that time is so important. And we, and it's, it's it's so easy for us to put ourselves last and stay busy and do all of the other things that are literally for other people. But if we don't take care of ourselves, you know, I was talking to another client whose wife was having a really hard time with their kids. And now he knows this analogy. I hold up my water ball and I go, you know, the analogy when your cup is overflowing, you have no space for anybody else to be your best self, right? So if she's maxed out on doing all of these other things, now the kids being kids, that's the final straw. That's the final straw. That's the final, you know, and it's not just that it's all of us. It's me. I notice it with my granddaughter. If I'm feeling anxious or worried or anything, um, then, you know, when she throws her food on the floor, you know, I might notice like, oh, oh my God, right? When yesterday I would laugh and go, oh, good thing we have dogs. It's different. When we don't take care of ourselves, we actually don't have the capacity to take care of anybody else when we think. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Stress just, it, it just hits different. And when we allow ourselves, I think to, or when we, when we don't even realize mm-hmm. and we have gotten to filled up to our eyeballs with stress yep. or anxiety yep. or overworking, yep. we get to that point. That's when we're snapping at people and mm-hmm. we're cussing at people who mm-hmm. cut us off in traffic. And we're, we're jumping to the worst case scenario and the worst story that we could tell ourselves about a scenario in our head, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally relatable. Yeah. Yeah. So, so building in that time, having that space, working with somebody like you Mm -hmm. to create and hold that space for us is so, so incredibly valuable. (sighs) I have some questions for you. Okay. (laughs) All right. So we're going to kind of go into some rapid fire questions here. So, 
to keep in mind, I did not send these questions to <laughs> Susan beforehand. So she's going to be flying by the seat of her pants here. I know I can't, I know, especially when people are anxious, you know, you just want to throw random <laughs> questions at them at the last second. But I'm curious when moments of anxiety or, you know, stress come up in your life, what do you turn towards to help bring you back into your body or back, back into the present yeah. moment? Whew. Yeah. Once I recognize that I'm feeling it, right. That awareness is key. Um, if, and if I do snap or I do do something, I'm like, Whoa. Um, then I, um, and, and I often feel anxiety sometimes that's not even mine because I, I'm, I, I just take on other people's energy and I don't even realize it if I haven't done my own, you know, energetic hygiene. Um, but one thing that I, that I have found is if I don't do the, what do you call it? The pre-work or the foundation laying that I'm more prone to anxiety. So what I have found is when I do Qigong in the morning um, and I, so moving my body and meditating that those days, my anxiety is much less um, than on the days that I don't, I already noticed that. So when I do feel anxiety, um, I have a couple of things and it's situational, but here are the tactics. Um, I have to move my body. And so I'll play a song and I'll have to shake my body because emotions are energy in motion. So I need to move the, 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 it out of my body. And I love, um, I have so many different playlists. <laughs> and so it, again, it's situational. Um, yes. but I woke up this morning. It's perfect timing. I woke up this morning with generalized anxiety and I didn't know why, what was going on. And I'm like, this is weird. So I started writing mm -hmm. and that's, and just because I felt like I needed to just get something out, but I still had it. So I put on Taylor Swift, shake it out and I just danced around in the bathroom shaking my hand shaking my legs shaking my shoulders shaking shaking my head and I played it twice just over and over to just shake it um and then I I took a warm luxurious shower where I you know I I took extra time for the exfoliant and I just touched my body and I got back into my body and I felt the water and I imagined it just releasing the water, just washing over me and this anxiety just going down the drain. Um, I put on lotion. So again, very sensory um, to get into my body. And then I even still felt a little bit like, I don't know if it was excitement to, to talk to you or, you know, if it was anxiety or a blend, but the thing that I found, if I don't have, um, it doesn't, it doesn't even matter, but if I put my feet on the earth and I can sit there, I can be on my phone. I can talk to somebody. I could be writing. I could be studying. It doesn't matter. But if I just leave my feet in the earth, um, so I just sat on a rock in my front yard and I just put my feet on the ground. And um, if, you know, sometimes I've sat there for like 20 minutes, multitasking, multitasking, but putting my feet in the earth, and I'm completely calm afterwards. So grounding for me is huge. Just getting back into my shaking it. So first I wrote and just acknowledged it and like, oh, weird. What's going on? Is this mine? Is this someone else's? And so I'm like, not mine, not mine. And, you know, and then do all of those other things and then just grounding. And then I have a visualization process also of grounding. That's really um, important. And, and then for this, for the anxiety for this, I just imagined it going better than I could have possibly imagined and celebrating with you and seeing it happen um, successfully. And then I just was happy to talk to you. 
So those are some of my things that I do and that I teach other people to do. <laughs> I, I love that so much. And this is why I ask this question because we, I think we all have something else, a different way of coping, a different way that we learned that's good for us. And that's part of what we talked about today is yeah. finding those inner resources to figure yeah. out what the heck works for you, what mm-hmm. the heck works for you. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's brilliant that we are all sharing about what works for us because we never know what we can borrow from somebody else's system or process. Thank you so much for sharing. I'm curious. I know you're a big music fan. I know so much of your life is like yes. based and rooted in music, yes. but if you had to <laughs> narrow it down to a song or an artist or even a genre of music that just, chills you out, helps you feel grounded and centered, what would it be? Well, while I was doing that, I don't, so music is an anchor for me and it's usually to raise my vibration and not mellow me out. Um, If I'm studying, there's a playlist on Spotify called Music for Concentrating that I like. Um, But when I was doing Qigong this morning, I was listening to um, Indiari, and it's the song I Am Light. So good. Yeah, I love her music. And so I would say her. She's so empowering and beautiful and melodic. Um, But I have a playlist called Remember My Strength. And so it's that song that you shared with me um, that I can't remember right now that you absolutely love. And you said you have to listen to earphones on it with it. Is this uh, the one with Ben Howard? Ben Howard, yeah. Yeah, keep keep your head up. Oh keep my gosh. Up, you know, and so there's there's um so I have a I have a playlist for every <laughs> for everything. Um but yeah, I it's so powerful. Music is so powerful. And I love really that is. you that you use it to lift your vibration or yeah. change your mood yeah. or to get a different perspective. I think all of those are fantastic. Same question for you for movies. Is there one that you watch to feel a little more centered or to inspire you? You know, the, the thing that I, I've watched several times, I don't know that this is the answer. I have a hard time picking one of anything, by the way, but um, is the um, what the bleep do we know? Um, which is about quantum physics. And it's really long, but it just reminds me of how powerful we are and how we're really creating our experiences by the meaning that we give things and by um, filtering everything. Um, but I love, and again, um, so I I really like to watch inspiring inspiring things but it just happy I don't I don't particularly enjoy watching I'm so sensitive I don't watch crime shows um I don't watch the news um I I just want to to feel better it's better for me um but I love things like um the devil wears Prada because she goes back to just being herself you know I I I can't think of Anything. I love that so much as a tie in to the last episode because that's Pam, one of Pamela's favorite movies, too. Well, maybe that's why it came to mind. <laughs> but it is one that I've watched over and over again. And so I tend to, um, I, oh my gosh, I love sports movies, probably from my dad. Um, but just the, the, because there's so much, um, just success stories in these mm-hmm. sports movies like Rudy (laughs) you know oh my gosh the blind side one of my that there we go one of my all-time yeah (laughs) I love the blind side 
Awesome. Thanks for sharing. I haven't seen that movie <laughs> in many years, so I have to go back and watch it again. Oh my God. Um, yeah, Marshall. Oh, there's so many good ones. <laughs> so many overcoming movies. Um, thank you for reminding me. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Susan, what is your favorite food? I know I'm asking you to pick one and I know that you're like the master of variety and you like so many things. But if you had to just pick like one thing or a favorite meal. Well, you know what comes to mind? So I, I have restricted my food. Um, I was vegan and gluten-free for 10 years. And then when I burned out, my doctor said, you need to eat meat. And I'm like, I know I can't. And, um, and I ended up needing to do that. And um, so I added fish back in and that's the only thing, but I've, I've been so restricted that I am, I am now going back to enjoying all foods again. Like there's no, um, there's no bad foods, but the food that, that I absolutely love is at Sunset Ale House in Issaquah and it is their salmon. It is the best salmon ever. And then I also have to give a shout out to hot cakes, which is this vegan gluten-free molten chocolate lava cake, um, and Ballard. And I think it's in Capitol Hill too. Oh my God. With like the vegan vanilla ice cream, just, yeah. I love chocolate chip cookies, chocolate chip, peanut butter cookies. (laughs) You're making me like so hungry. (laughs) You have have named so many of my favorite things right now. Uh I love, I love, I love food. Oh, so good. So good. Thanks for sharing those out. All sounds so delicious. And like a crazy tie back. Okay. Is that I worked for Theo chocolate for 11 years and Autumn Martin, who used to be head chocolatier for Theo chocolate started hot cakes is the owner she is brilliant she is so absolutely incredible and i'm so glad to hear you mentioning your (laughs) business because it's a small business here in seattle that i 100 support and love shout out definitely definitely yes delicious i mean like you can't go wrong (laughs) you can't go wrong with like lava cake yes all right one last question for you if you could go back to when you first began your entrepreneurial journey and just give yourself some advice or maybe for somebody who's listening to this and thinking i think i'm ready to take this big step what would your advice be hmm advice. Hmm. Um, I think it would be to um, continue definitely having someone supporting you that's not your friends or family um, to, because it's such an emotional roller coaster where you want to quit every other day or three times a day um, and think that you need to get just go get a regular paycheck um, and it'd be so much easier. <laughs> um, so having someone in your corner like a coach um, and also have a mentor that has done the things that you want to do in your business um, instead of taking advice from someone that it's theoretical or here's some advice, but actually is doing the things that you want to do and to not worry for me. I, I don't like giving advice, but for me, it was just enjoy where you're at right now and practice, 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 just do what you do and love it. And then you'll know when it's time to scale or take it to the next step. 
um, and just enjoy it because life is so short. Enjoy what you do. Oh, I can't think of any better place to end than right there. That is fantastic <laughs> advice. Susan Palmer Wood, thank you so much for being a guest with us today. It was a pleasure to talk to you and get to know you better. Thank you so much for holding the space for me and for inviting me into the conversation. I just, I adore you and the work that you're doing is so incredibly meaningful and um, you're just such a gift. So thank you for being you. Thank you. Thank you so much. A huge shout out to you. Thank you so much for being here and for listening today. A huge thank you to Susan Palmer Wood. And if any of you are interested in reaching out to Susan about next steps to see if coaching is right for you, she would absolutely love to talk to you and offer you a complimentary clarity call. You can reach her at hello at susanpalmerwood.com or visit her website at susanpalmerwood.com where she offers tons of awesome freebies and guides and you can sign up for an appointment directly through her website. I also want to offer a huge thanks to Brad Parsons of Train Sound Studios and to Camille Bloom for the beautiful original music featured on this episode. Thanks everyone. I hope you go out into the world with strength, bravery, and kindness and that you have a fantastic day. Thanks for listening. <laughs>